0: This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care.
1: As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, you're I'm
0: here. Step. You and your woo woo woo.
1: That's what I'm saying. Of it and <laughs> that's who I am. today, the spirits are true.
0: Yes, of course, this Welcome to the Woo Woo Verse. It's a deep dive into the world of energy, self and soul awakening. So pleased to have you here. Uh, we're your hosts. My name is Kira Lee, And I'm Lynette. And we're both intuitives, we're both energy workers. This is kind of the, the ocean we swim in every day, right?
1: Yeah, this is our
0: world. Yeah, and we're here to help you navigate your world of energy. It's what we're really passionate about and we're really pleased to bring you into this world. Um, and today we're going to be talking about grounding and protection because it's, it's big and it's
1: beautiful and it's important. Um, One of the building blocks, the foundation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the really important aspects of working with energy, channeling energy, understanding your own energy. So let's just jump into it, Lynette. Grounding.
1: Yeah, I think that we can't talk about grounding until we go back and talk about intention. Please can we talk about intention? Because it's the starting point, right? It's one of the foundations. Again, we direct energy through intention, it's the focusing of the mind, the heart the feeling centre, and our will to bring things into a space where we can move them to somewhere. So it helps with manifestation of energy into form. And
0: we can't, it's the things we can control and the things we can't control as well, right? We can't ever control how our actions are perceived in the world. That's kind of out of our hands. But the intention we go into the actions with, absolutely, that's on us. Absolutely, we can control that.
1: A hundred percent. And my teacher always taught me from the Huna philosophy um, and that was that intention is the measure of your truth meaning the intention will be the thing that predicts the outcome yeah. so and in it, the yogi- it's the key ingredient to anything you do if you have positive intention it positive outcome. Yeah. And even if it's not a positive
0: outcome, because it coming through from the...
1: From what your ego perceives.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, coming through the, the yoga lineage, which I come through, it's intention that determines karma as yes. well. So it's not necessarily the action. It's the intention you went into the action with determines what your karmic load from that action will become. A hundred percent.
1: Because it continues the energy on. Mm. It's sort of the beginning trickle of the fountain. And you can't hide it and you can't lie about it. You can, Like you can
0: try but you know, like there's kind of also this saying as well that everything you do either takes you closer to your higher self or further away from your higher self. And you know when you're doing it deep in your heart, which one it is, right? You can't actually hide intention from yourself. You can't lie about it to yourself. It is the truth that stands
1: eventually. Absolutely. And again, it's that concept of developing all of this with massive personal awareness Mm. behind all of this journey is becoming not more aware of everyone else and why they're doing everything and how they're doing it, but actually to turn that focus back on the self and say, where was my heart and my mind when I began that journey or stepped into that or began that conversation with that person? And how can I work with that or reset that intention or continue with it? Really, this has been a key principle around a lot of people's teachings of energy, hasn't it? Absolutely. And the intention is considered the cornerstone of teaching or beginning any kind of um, building of the energy system. So you have to become aware of where the energy is going and where it came from. So for example, in the teachings of Don Juan, um, under the walking of the road of the spiritual warrior, he talks about the fact that warriors know that intent is about alignment and the eminence of your true awareness. He talks about the fact that intent is power and that we need to learn how to control and use that power. He talks about the fact that the average person's intent has been numbed by the ordinary distracting and over concerns of daily life. So you really have to pull back from the buzzy mind and go deeper than the first thought or the first reaction.
0: It's getting present as well, isn't it? And getting present with yourself. This is where I am. This is what I want. This is who I am. Oh, hold on. No, that's not next layer. Let's go down another level. Okay, now this is who I am and what I want. Oh no shit, another layer. We go down again, right? There. It's like an onion, right? There's levels to
1: it. Yeah. But you can see why this is such an important layer because it's like the arrow is set out by this whole force. Mm. So then you asked me about grounding yep. and the reason we had to go back into intention is because to ground you need to have intention. You need a starting point. You yeah. do. So grounding is considered the uninterrupted contact with the earth's surface. And it's the simple understanding that we're an electrical charge in an electrical circuit and so is the earth. And it's the concept that when you connect with that earth grid, something in your energy field, the biomagnetics are all leveled out into, and the way I describe it is to being connected to oneness. Mm. And we are so disconnected from that earth grid. In fact, when I read people, it's the first thing I check.
0: And also it's the message I get back more than any other message when I read people is like they need to get their feet on the ground, their bodies in the ocean or their bodies into nature like that. It feels like we all to a degree are lacking that in some way in these modern world, uh,
1: world that we live in, these modern lives that we lead. And well, I don't know about you, but I had no idea I was ungrounded. So when I first began my journey and everyone kept saying to me, I think you're ungrounded. I don't think your base chakra, you know, the grid that we talked about in the last podcast, which goes down your legs, is connecting into the earth. Fascinating concept because I was like, sorry, no one taught me that I was meant to plug myself in. Over time, I was like, how do I get grounded then? How do I get grounded? And it's interesting because everyone was like, take your shoes off, get on the earth. So I was doing that, but I wasn't feeling anything. And then one day after about six months of going to yoga, and it must have been when my mind was able to calm down and I had connected more to my breath. I did a downward dog of all poses and my feet felt like they Opened and plonked onto the ground, mm, and that must any, have been such a relief. Oh <laughs> well, my goodness! I was like, I just wanted to scream. Oh my god! Oh my god! Something is happening now. Anyone who does yoga over long a long period of time consistently gets that yoga moment. I call it, and it's that feeling where your body respond. You can feel your, your nervous system responding to an energetic shift, and that's what happened to me when I'm in that moment, I grounded. And from that moment on, my feet have never felt the same.
0: I feel like so much of this as well is it reclaiming our natural selves. It's like we've forgotten we're animals. we are forgotten we live on this earth. We've forgotten we've we got this pyramid and we think everything. we're at the top of the food chain and there is no food chain. We're all in it together. And we kind of – we forget, right, that we – that the earth is us and we're the earth and we need to connect. And, and if we plugged ourselves in as much as we plug our phones in
1: – Oh my god, we'd feel good. I know, isn't it funny, right? You're at somewhere and batteries are reaching 3% and everyone's panicking Freaking and trying out. to find a wall charger and you know, oh my gosh, you don't take a wall charger to to you know, we now have portable wall chargers. So, they can go on holidays and not do what I do, which is always forget my wall charger. We forget that we're the same.
0: And we can wa- walk around ungrounded our entire lives and not ever n- really feel that we're on that 3%. And what's, it's dangerous. What's your sign been. of being ungrounded? How do you know oh, when you're I lose ungrounded? my keys. <laughs>
1: okay. I lose my keys. I can't even follow a sat nav. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't matter what the sat nav is telling me. Yep. I can't hear it. I can't feel it. I My navigation system is completely off. Well still. Off. Uh, mine two different levels of clumsiness. One is a physical clumsiness. Like I, for
0: somebody who's been a yoga teacher for a decade, I go through periods where I can't even walk through a door without injuring myself and it's like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it'll be that and or it'll be like verbal clumsiness, mm-hmm. foot-in-mouth disease. Even though I know I was not meant to say that thing, that's the one thing that you're not meant to say to that person, it'll just slip out of my mouth and be
1: the first person I say and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm not grounded. <laughs> I'm yeah, so fucked. So right interesting now. because, okay, so losing things, not being able to find your way, running into things, they're actually dangerous kind of signs yeah, that right. we're not in our body. We're mm. not all in one place. So I don't just think of grounding as being this kind of ooh connected kind of experience to oneness, because it is, and it's great. You have to be grounded if you're going to use your energy field in any strength. But I also think of it as some kind of protection issue where if you're not in your body, you have trouble solving things. You will have trouble completely healing. You can't find your way. You can't feel your grid. One of the things I noticed when I started reading people was this fascinating thing that when the base chakra completely was able to light itself onto the ground through your body in down through your feet into the earth, it was almost like watching someone's light map hit the earth and be registered as though they existed on this earth grid plane. And then that information would come back up as awareness and knowledge. Like a pump, right? Like a pump. So it's like everyone's walking around without their light, like a lamp. But they're not plugged in to the wall, to the socket. So you can't fully turn the light on. In fact, you can't turn the light on at all. I really like that description
0: of all being in the one place. It is. It's like getting all of you into the one place at the one
1: time. And yeah. it's beautiful and it feels so good. And before I was grounded and in my body and in one place, I was anxious. Yeah. I was anxious. I was codependent. Yeah. I would plug into other things, yes. other people. I was vulnerable to wanting to feel connected.
0: Because we do try, like we do seek it, right? And Uh, when we don't know how to give it to ourselves, we'll try and figure out how to take it from other people or places or situations or...
1: Yet as soon as you are connected back into yourself and the earth and then that circuit to the divine back to the earth through you, there's a fullness. That's so relieving. There is a fullness and that craving and that insecurity Calms if it is from that place from not being in your body and not feeling a sense of divine self embodied on the earth plane, it calms.
0: And that's the so when we were talking about our signs of what being ungrounded feels and looks like Mm -hmm. when I am grounded, yeah, it's like something inside of me just unfolds. It's like a muscle that has been tight, just relaxes. And all of a sudden I'm just calm and I'm steady and it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I can stay calm. And, and I you can, can stay sail steady. your ship.
1: Suddenly you can change reactions that you're having in your mind. You can go, what if I didn't think about that today? Yeah. What if I didn't, Worry about that until tomorrow. What if I waited 24 hours?
0: I think of it as well sometimes as like the arrows come at you but they just glance off you. It's like you've got your armour on and so it doesn't used to like stick me straight through the heart and now it just bounces off.
1: Yeah, there's a space and also for me there's a complete fullness. Um, So
0: how do we ground? We, We get our feet on the earth. Get into you have to
1: take away the obstruction yep. between you and the earth grid. So you can't wear rubber-soled shoes. It's not walking around in, in Australia we wear thongs. That's, that's not what grounding is. Grounding is taking your shoes and socks off and walking around on grass or the dirt. And I even say to my kids, not on the concrete, it has to be on the grass or the dirt or in the water and in the mud or in the sand or in the natural stone or rock. And that's where you get that reaction between the electrical grid of the earth plane and your body. And, I think it probably from scientific studies takes about 10 to 20 minutes and you need to make sure you do it a certain time a week. So, for example, for me, I would try to do it two to three or t- three times a week. If I'm working, I reading and trying to anchor energy for other people, I would do it more often.
0: Yeah, when I was living in Berlin, so I lived in Berlin for seven years and there's just a solid eight months of the year where you're not walking around outside barefoot. That's just it's not possible. So for me, it was always... And again, yoga is like what I came up through. So I spent a lot of time barefoot in yoga studios. Mm -hmm. So it was more like really bringing my attention down to the bottom of my feet and spending as much time as I could feeling my feet on the wooden floor, feeling my feet as as I walked around, no shoes on and inside, but like having that connection of this is my foot on the earth. Here I am. I'm present. I'm in my body.
1: I'm connected. And to pursue it, even when you feel like nothing's happening, I think... That was the big thing for me. Like I was like, what is everyone talking about? I have no idea. Cause of course it's like trying to explain to somebody how to ride a bike. You know, you've just got to get, get on the bike and start riding. And then it makes sense. Um, in many cultures, they will have foot rollers foot massage bars. So if you can't get to the earth, which we ultimately want you to. This is your homework (laughs) for this week. Go get
0: a foot massage. Open
1: the feet channels. Let the energy run out through the body. You'll find instantly your mind feels like it's on a Caribbean holiday. Please. And we just don't do enough footwork.
0: So if somebody's listening and they're wondering, okay, how do I know if I'm ungrounded? What are some other
1: signs of being ungrounded? What yeah. would you like put in that list besides losing a day on a Netflix series or the YouTube <laughs> hole? Yes. yes. Yes, you suddenly find yourself watching some kind of infomercial about something you would never want to buy. I had a friend who walked
0: past the Apple store one day and then all of a sudden kind of looked down and he had bought an iPhone and he was like what just happened oh my god
1: totally ungrounded (laughs) just buying stuff. Unprecedented purchases. Yes. But it also goes bigger than that doesn't it because you can end up in a relationship with someone because you're ungrounded. Yes. I do have a friend who purchased a very like expensive product and course And I have to say the whole day I think he went to this workshop and the whole experience was dismantling and ungrounding. And so by the end of the day he'd purchased something that when he got out of there he didn't want to have purchased. And I've done it too. Well, it's kind of how they design
0: shopping malls as well, isn't it, that they confuse you so you'll buy stuff. Yes. I have
1: been lost in so many shopping malls. And now I have to take a list Because I know I'm using my intention to direct the action because absolutely the whole of this physical world is designed to basically dismantle what we're talking about today. So signs of ungroundedness, things I look for when I'm checking in about this with people. If someone's eyes are darting around a lot, it is a sign that their energy is not grounding or there is some erratic frequency and it's like trouble on. focusing as yeah. well right yeah um fatigue mm. not at certain times of the day but just constant dizziness and fatigue it is one of my big red flags around this i'll be reading someone we'll start really engaged 10 minutes in i want to fly away it is like an anesthetic comes over me and i'll stop and say, I'm sorry. Could you take your shoes off? Could we take some breaths? Could you send your energy down into the earth? Can we pull it in through the head, bring it down to your belly, feel it running out? Into it? We'll take some breaths, and then all of a sudden, we're both back in the game. Yeah. So I've if had you that. Find I've that. Out,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my own life, when I'm not grounding, I vague out, and I'm like, Why do I need? Why do I need to nap for five hours? Oh, I just haven't
1: grounded. Yeah, and I think. We think, oh, it must be me. But if you find that your energy levels were fine and then all of a sudden you step into somebody's field Mm. and like I said around that 10 to 20 minute mark, you can't hold that focus, something's going on for sure. The other thing it can be is things like just confusion where you loop and nothing gets to a resolve or a completion or an end point. So you might be trying to finish an article or some kind of piece of work. I know for me, it's like a recipe. I'll start really well and go, oh, I put the, the flour in before the egg. How did I get that wrong? Not grounded. You know, it's, and it's so funny cause I've got little kids and I watch it and I actually have to teach them how to focus, ground, be present while they're doing things because they've often got their mind on something else.
0: So in terms of like learning to ground ourselves, especially if like, what if I'm listening and I'm in a corporate office and I would love to take my shoes off like a hippie and mm. run around outside, <laughs> but it's
1: not going to happen. You haven't or, come as far where you could be speaking to a tree and it's okay. Right, at, right. Not everybody stuff. not everybody yeah. is there
0: yet. Or what if I'm living in a really cold country and there's a foot of snow on the ground and I can't go and put my feet out on it? Um, how do I call myself back in? How do I get present? How do I get grounded in a hurry?
1: Great question absolutely there is power in visualizing mm. that you are on the earth on I a like mountain that. yes lighting a candle and bringing all mental and energetic awareness into that moment even watching the candle flame on an app can help you know we've got a Wii fit at home it's probably about 10 years old now but You can sit on a plate and have to steady the flame. You have to be in present time and in grounding to do that. that
0: Really beautiful breath that you taught me as well, where you like inhale down through the top of the head to the space below the belly button, exhale, push it down through the feet into the earth. Every time I do that, it's like all of a sudden I'm back on baby. It's like back in my body.
1: And it is one of the things that you can do every day. And I encourage all the people that I work with and teach to do it morning and night. Some people just do it morning. Some people say they do it in the car before they get out of the car at work or on the train. We can put that up in the universal treasure chest at the end of the show. Um, Other things are things that you eat, root vegetables. Mm. So making sure that you eat things that are earthy and from the earth. Um, Also wearing certain colours, base chakra colours, dark reds, deep reds. Black. If I'm reading and I want to be grounded, you and I love. I a wear black. a well, lot of black. I have about seven thousand shades of black. Every
0: time I do my washing, it looks like there's been a funeral because I'm just hanging out black, hanging out black, <laughs> hanging out black.
1: Yeah, the other day I did my folding and I went, "Wow, that's a lot of, a lot black, of black shirts yeah. and tights." But that's because when I'm reading, I have to be the anchor. Mm. So I found over the years, even though I started very colourful and if people knew me, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they go, oh, she was always wearing colours. I wear colours on my days off, but I tend to wear a lot of black on the days that I'm working just sheerly for the feeling of a little bit more earthy protection
0: i am because we'll get into protection in a minute um and i like as a yoga teacher so i would be up in everybody's energy right like i've got 50 people in this room and there's like we're all in each other's sweat and breath and sniffing each other's chakras right it's beautiful and delicious (laughs) and pungent um there's nothing
1: like the smell of a yoga class is there really not
0: i yeah i used to really be upset about bodily fluids and then i was a yoga teacher for 10 years and i'm like sweat on me it's fine (laughs) fart in my face i can deal with it but um i would find that i if i didn't ground myself and it was Actually, before I knew how to ground myself, I would get so high, actually, at the end of a yoga class. I'd finish teaching and I'd be like, whoa, Mm -hmm. let's all go out for dinner. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through dinner, I would just crash crash and fall asleep in my own food. And so it was learning to ground at the beginning and the end of the class that leveled everything out for me. And it would just be a quick thing. I'd just step aside, feel my feet on the earth, rub my hands over myself, be like, here I am. And also set a boundary. So, coming into talking about protection, here's where I end. You guys can't get beyond here. And it completely leveled me out. And it meant there were no highs and lows. It was all really beautifully level.
1: I think it's important to know that some people are addicted to those highs. I loved uh, it while I loved <laughs> and it. Yep. There is a funny little uh, resistance to grounding. Yeah. And grounding means that you have to take responsibility for what's happening in yeah. the here and now, it means that you have to feel. Yep. So why don't people ground? Because they don't want to feel. And usually somewhere back in their childhood, the feelings were so intense that we decided that fragmenting and scattering and sending ourselves out a little bit up instead of down was better. Yeah. Interestingly, when I first started reading when I was a young reader, The big thing was to become enlightened and to move up the chakras and send the energy out into the divine field and to leave your body. Have Mm. you had a transcendental experience was the big catch cry. And over the years I was reading, I was like, everybody just needs to come back down to their body. And I remember saying to my teacher one day, I really think that we all need to come back down yeah. into our body, don't it can we? F- feel really and good just like, to yeah. be woo out in the universe. But so our... many people are, but they don't realize how unsafe they are.
0: And also, we you know we discussed in the last podcast. We live in the world. We don't live in a cave. We have to go pick the kids up from school and go to work and hand that thing in. You've got to be grounded to get
1: through this life. My kids can tell when I'm not grounded, yeah. and they act out worse. When my energy field is not centered, present in the space with them, they can smell it.
0: So let's talk support and protection because it's really important, right? Mm, How we stay energy safe. Mm. Um, Especially as we step into these worlds, these new worlds, these new superpowers that we can learn to create within ourselves, in our energy flow. How do we stay safe?
1: Well, do you remember when you first became energy aware, what it was like? It's like everything starts to buzz everything becomes more alive and you're really, really open. I was very young, as I said, when I started to go, oh, this is a a thing. And I remember going down to Byron Bay, walking down the street and it was like I'd always had sound and feelings that were bigger than I think most people's volume. But this was, it had just taken another leap. And I walked down the street and this man grabbed my hand. He walked straight into me, grabbed my hand and sat me down and started staring into my eyes and reading me. Now, that night I had what I can only describe as like a psychic episode where I was crying and I couldn't work out what had happened. And he had walked straight in connected straight into a deeper part of me an energy part of me and was almost trying to drag me into something like and was talking about coming to this group and being part of and I was there 10 minutes and it wasn't until I got out of it and got back to my own tent that I realized that I had been invaded in a way that I was for the first time consciously aware of. And when I started energetically
0: opening up, it was a very similar thing in that it's then all of a sudden I really started to feel people. And previously I'd be able to go into a room full of people and be like, oh, yeah, fine, whatever. But then all of a sudden it's like I'm going into a room full of people and I can feel every single one of you and, oh, my God, this is a lot I need to figure out how to have boundaries and and protection.
1: I think a lot of children experience this. I know when I was younger, that was me. I used to want to take days off from school so I didn't have to feel everyone else's thoughts and feelings. And then I just got content at school. And then I at primary school. Then I went to high school and a whole new group of people to have to get used to. And and I could never work out why I was feeling so overloaded. But it's because you're absorbing the vibes. So how do we protect? How do mm. we? It's really about like putting around a boundary um, that stops you from being permeated by other people's feelings, thoughts and energy systems. Mm-hmm. And that requires intention. So the key way I've learned to do it is to visualize myself in a gold bubble. Now, in the 90s, everyone was white lighting. You might remember white light, white light, was this big thing. And you bring yourself in and you put yourself into white light. But I realised after becoming a reader that that was just attracting a whole lot of force and energy that needed white light, or that was out of balance with that light. Gold is an interesting frequency to bring in. I've worked out over my you know time as um, as this person that works in energy every day that something has to be above the frequency of that gold energy to get in so I kind of describe it as like a rose gold clear bubble you know like when you blow a big bubble with a bubble wand you need to see yourself in that and it's translucent but it's definitely gold and we're going to include this at the end of the
0: episode in the universal treasure chest which is Mm. the part of the episode where we give you tools and techniques you can work with and and we keep saying this but like we love being practical and the golden dome may sound a bit fantastical but it has been one of the most practical tools in my life and I taught I teach this now and I taught it to a group of women one um night in I was doing a yoga and feminism um workshop and so we were talking about street harassment and I taught the golden bubble as a way to stop street harassment and it is actually because the reason I teach that is it worked for me I was going through a period where I just oh, it's like I had a sign above my head that was like men
1: Tell me what you think about my body, please. Oh, people and, love open chakras. They right. can, it's, it's like your funnels are drawing people in. Yeah. And know. so then I started doing the Golden Dome and it just shut that shit down. And then and all it of means a sudden, you don't I became have to shut your chakras. Invisible. You can open your chakras, but you put the bubble around you. So I say to people, give it three weeks work with it for three weeks, whether it's nighttime's your thing once everyone's in bed, or whether first thing in the morning you can push play and just set yourself up like that. Ideally, morning and night, five days a week, but give it three weeks. And if you put it with um, a sense of re-anchoring and grounding, bringing your mind and breath together during the day, feeling a sense of your feet on the earth and then put the gold bubble around you it's it is it's like pure medicine for the energy system and i find
0: now that i set it up every day and then it just runs in the background it's then i, I don't even think about it anymore it just does the work that i've asked it to do
1: yeah you don't have to do it every single day once it's set up in the visual field and it's the whole concept. I mean, do you know about Dr. Emoto who… Um, Is he the water guy? Yeah. <gasps> Love See, that See, he did. Uh, he actually passed away, God bless him, in 2014. We thank him for his work. He um, discovered that when water… Is played or spoken to with certain frequency and vibration, certain words, it changes its structure in terms of the snowflake. Well, we want to use that to kind of understand that our visual intention around ourselves and our own energy field also changes its structure. And like you describe, it has. Achievable results that you can look love at and achievable. yeah, results. you can walk, you can start to feel yourself not taking on other, someone might be really sad in the office, and you know it's really interesting. I felt them sad. I could see them sad, but I didn't walk away and go, now I'm sad too. And so to learn to be an empath or somebody that can sense energy and is very sensitive, but not take it on, I think, is you know, it's the bomb. And in a really practical sense as well, if I find myself, I'm about to go into
0: a very stressful situation or a very difficult situation, or there's this nightclub in Berlin that I used to go to a lot called Berghein, and it like <laughs> goes for like Friday, it starts on Friday night and by the time you I go there I think there'd be a lot of people without well, bubbles By the in time you go Berghain, there on Sunday night, honest. shit's got a little bit dark and so I would feel it. So in all of these circumstances having a tool, and sometimes it was the bubble, sometimes it was just stopping breathing, laying a boundary, going I know I'm about to go into somewhere Mm. stressful, here I am, I
1: call in protection. It it makes a huge difference. We used to do that whenever we went out, we would gather before we went out, set an intention, set the frequency, visualise our energy field, go out and we'd have a great night and we'd meet great people and, you know, you don't have that emotional energetic hangover from the next day and I think – The more you use this, the more you start to feel the effects and the ripples.
0: Can I get a thing that will give me protection? Can I buy a crystal? Can I get one of those like evil eye pendants? Can I put it, is it possible for an object to give me protection?
1: Oh, the evil eye is interesting, isn't it? Because that has been given intention by millions of people mm. for a very long time to hold a certain power yeah so in that respect because of the intention it creates protection yeah that's what okay. i'd say um what about
0: if i just go buy a crystal and pop it in a room and i like read in the, the the book Oh, buy this crystal
1: it protects you from whatever does that work i always say if you've gone and bought a crystal from a shop you need to go and put it out in the sun. Wash it in salt water if it's the kind that goes into salty water. I've done that before with my selenite. Note to Look, self. we've all been there. We've all eroded <laughs> a selenite in salty water. Um, but then, to intend and charge, I place this crystal underneath my bed for protection around these qualities. Gives it the strength. See. Comes back to intention it, again. Doesn't energy it? goes where attention flows, mm-hmm. Carolee. So the more we put into something or we create a room in a certain intention or objects are moved with a set of directions, they then start emanating that frequency. And that's why I always think visualization and imagination of a certain color, which gold for me is my highest protective force frequency, is the best thing. But nothing beats invocation and prayer. So if you say out loud, over this child, I now ask that there be a frequency of love, light and golden protection in the name of all that is good you are naming that energy and that space and that child in light let's talk
0: about that so we talk we're discussing the the um golden dome meditation for ourselves and how we can set our our golden boundaries around ourselves can we do it for our kids as well can we do it for someone else
1: or is I, it only personal i have never had anyone who has been responsible whether they are a biological parent or caregiver ask me if they can pray or put frequency of love over a child for protection and felt that that would be refused. Um, I I can't imagine in the law of energy and the way it all works out of goodness of intention that that would be um, considered a – no, yeah, so I often co- ask parents will write to me and say, "My child's having nightmares," and I'll say yeah. to say something similar to what I just said and to see them in their bed and even get them to participate. So I do this with my kids, everyone wrap themselves in a little gold bubble and feel good thoughts and you know send that energy out into the universe for sure as soon as they're part of it, it triples in its experience. I would be careful about doing it around relationships and friends and people mm-hmm. who are adults that you could ask permission from yep. because it tips the line of, I guess, if you wouldn't ask um, out loud, you know, in real time, do you mind if it's I say consent, prayer protection? It's about right? consent, right? There boundaries is energetic consent important. and yep. boundaries. And if you start doing it for your relationship and your lover, I would say you might be using a bit of energy manipulation. Just yeah.
0: back on the kids, I've got a couple of clients who have very complex co-parenting relationships with their ex-partners mm. and the kids go back between houses and yeah. they putting the kids in a golden bubble as you're sending them out of the house to the other parent's house where maybe things are a little complicated is amazing as well. They find it really useful and helpful and helps them keep a connection while the kids aren't in their house.
1: And again, just keep that intention around... I place this child in a support of love and protection for the child. Yeah. yeah, Just leave the other person out of it. And if that child can learn to put themselves in a gold bubble every night, then even better. Electrical charges are no laughing matter. Use your dome, protect your home. (laughs)
0: Okay, so we've talked about like protecting the body, protecting the self. Let's talk about the spaces that we live
1: and work in, especially if it's shared space, right? How do we call it protection there? more difficult when it's shared. Mm. You'll find that um, when you have to navigate someone else's energetic field that isn't open to having a conversation about this. In fact, in a book by Denise Lynn that I read in – Early years of me getting hold of all of this, she talks about the fact that if you're going to space clear somewhere, you need to ask energetic permission from the people who live in that space because it will have a profound effect on them. You moving things around will have a profound effect on them.
0: And as somebody who travels, I'm, I don't have a mm. home. I'm always travelling. I'm always staying in different spaces. I spend half of my life, at least, blessing <sighs> the space. And it is remarkable, when, especially if I'm going to read and I'm in a hotel room, the amount of blessing that needs to
1: be done, the amount of clearing mm. that needs to be done. We travelled, my partner and I, quite considerably, and I used to enter a room and be able to read somebody's passed away in here. somebody's had an agonising Period in this room, I'm going to have to ask to be moved from the room, or else I would have spent hours clearing a room. You know, Um, and often we'd ring reception and they'd say, "Yep, actually, we don't know how you know that, but we're happy to move you, and (laughs) that you you can take this with you on the road." It is, of course, easier if you're in one space and you just have a routine around clearing your space. Usually that requires some kind of um, like a blessing material, whether it's an amber or an incense. Some sort of smoke can s- be really helpful. Some sort of smoke. It just acts like a psychic rubber or an eraser um, around the space. Usually start at the front door And you bless the space by going clockwise. Um, always there are prayers that you can say or intentions, and that brings us to a prayer is, or an invocation is a next level up intention because it's not just your intention, you're calling in light or divine source or that everlasting essence that guides all things positively into your
0: space. And that's what I do when I bless a space. I really clearly say, this is what's welcome here. This is not what's welcome. This is what is not welcome here. Like I I am calling it. This is what is happening here. This is my intention. I am setting it. I'm making it manifest. It is loud and clear.
1: Yeah, using that intention to create a boundary. Yes. So what, So how I would begin is I would stand in the middle of the room and I would call that gold energy into the middle of the space and then I would ask that the divine frequency of love and light come with me to bless the space and then I would start at the door with my smoke and my incense and I would walk around from the front door all the way around into every space of that you know area with my smoke and I would get around back to the front door and then I would just stand with nine breaths and seal the entire space in my mind in gold.
0: Yeah, I visualize as well as physically do. Mm. And sometimes I do it with bells as well. I travel with bells and often I'll do it with smoke and then I'll go around with bells and I'll clear old <laughs> energy out with bells. Honestly, people staying will... <laughs> next
1: to me in a hotel room must be. Hilarious. I always think people who get the hotel room after me must be like, Wow, this feels really good. We can have a party in here. If you don't have bells, claps. Yeah, yeah. You can just use your hands to clap out the corner. Um You know, I've been privileged to be um, smoked by Uncle Max, who's one of the tribal elders in Sydney, and he says under beds. You've got to go under beds, Mm. under desks and into cupboards because that's often where the energy gets stuck. It's really increasing frequency. What you're saying is I want to be in a space where I have asserted that the frequency is of a certain level. The resonance is of a certain level.
0: Yeah, I say anything, the vibration of light or higher can thrive here. Yeah. Anything else Mm -hmm. is out. Yeah. You start at the front door. I always start at my altar because we want to talk about that as well, Mm -hmm. right? Like how do you build an altar? Because an
1: altar is the internal made external. The internal sacred. Frequency made external. And yeah. as
0: I travel, I travel with a little um, uh, travel pack altar. Although I it's travel getting, with a travel altar as well, well. It's getting more like an actual altar and less like a travel pretty altar. Big. I collect things as I go, <laughs> honestly. Um, and so that's the first thing I set up. I get into a space, I set up my altar and then I start my blessing at the altar.
1: What do you include on an altar? Well, uh, crystal. Um, I always include my favourite crystal. And or I do like travel chry- with crystals and not just my beautiful current partner, but many a boyfriend who's travelled with me has had to go back and get a crystal with me from hotels all over the world. Sometimes I've had to let them go. And I, you know, I um, usually bring some kind of cross of protection. And I, for the cross for me is light from the north, the south, the east and the west and where it meets. So I'll usually put a cross where I am staying or next to my bed. And that's a representation of light coming towards me from all directions.
0: Yeah, I have deities on my altar. So I have a Ganesh and I have a Lakshmi and I have a Kali Mm -hmm. and that's my asking
1: for protection and yeah. And it's really personal. And so when I work with the students and people to create their altar, I will say to them, it needs to be what feels sacred for you because something that brings in that energy or has that meaning for you symbolically may mean absolutely nothing to me. And I love how
0: personal you can make it. It's such a representation of yourself and your it's internal from nature, spiritual. for yes. example.
1: And um you know, many people will change it to be seasonal, yes. so to represent the winter months and the energy of warmth and nourishment and internal fire, and in summer the harvest and fruitfulness. And I think it's one of those things that becomes part of your sacred understanding of your life like you kind of clean it and tend to it so that you're kind of reminding yourself and for sacred has a part in your world in your work in your room in your life and i take responsibility for it Mm. is a large
0: part of me and my altar Mm. and wherever i go i am responsible for this space i hold this space while i'm here and i think it's really important to mention that you and i are both woo woo might have noticed by the yeah, name of the podcast spectrums of a woo-woo. little bit and like we're spiritual people so we have spiritual religious symbols on our altars if you're not you can still have an altar you can still have the symbol of what's important to you why you're doing this
1: what you hold sacred in your life david Beckham, for example used to travel with pictures of his family um hugh jackman and his wife always i think um used to sprinkle a certain oil or eucalyptus or tea tree around even just lighting. To bring a candle, that sense I... of I am home, I am here. For me, the altar is a place that I sit in front of. If I want to also ask for something for help for something, I'll actually put something on my altar. I had a beautiful nanny helper that came after my third child was born and she used to say to me, Linny, put it on the altar to be altered. And it really used to ring true about why I had an altar. It was a place of intention, a sacred space within our home. The other thing I think that's really interesting is that um, you can keep rearranging your altar. It is about arranging this space to suit your current needs. So if you get a new partner, let them put something on your altar. And we're going to put some information up on the show notes as
0: well on how to build an altar. Mm. Talking about organising space, holding space, taking control of space. Are you thinking Marie Kondo? I'm thinking Marie Kondo. Oh,
1: Marie. She's gorgeous. out there and she's doing a great job. She's a Shinto space clearer, sacred space clearer. So it's not just about stuff. It's about the energy behind stuff. And intention. Right? And intention. And intention. And we've just talked about grounding and grounding your energy gives you gravity, gravity gives you time and space around you. It's the same thing when you're looking at your space, we need to create space for new things to come in. Okay. So we go back and have a look at our life and we have a look at our space and we look at where things are piling up, where things are clogging up. We look at how we can create order and flow in our space and it's kind of the first thing you've got to do if you want something new to come to you Mm. either
0: you've got to create space for it otherwise it can't fit in
1: yeah and, and it's that wonderful thing that I think it's when you get busy and life becomes ungrounded you look around at your house and it's one of the first things to go I know for us we're quite ordered at home because I'm a little bit OCD working with energy But, and I mean that in a truthful sense, I've been a little bit on that spectrum for most of my life because when my house was out of control, I felt like the energy would run faster and I would not be able to manage it. So if you go back and have a look at your space and you look at where you're holding order, that's probably where the energy is flowing. Where there is disorder, there is probably a little bit of energetic disharmony. And that's the basic principles of feng shui as well. So you can look at the bagua of your home and even have a look and see where certain things are piled up. And you might look and go, oh, that's the money and the wealth section. All the plants are dying. Okay, that doesn't speak fruitfulness to the energetic field. So I do give credence to those ancient um, techniques of organizing space and marie and the sparking joy concept before her and who i used to follow was denise lynn and she talks all about the same thing in fact she used to have people who were very emotionally troubled connect with her and she would say to them can you do me a favor and can you please tackle the three areas in your home whether it's underneath the bed or a drawer or something that is really bothering bothering you physically and then let's talk about that issue that and you have come to see me about. Had that experience and as well. Transformation where it's
0: like, happens. It's this big, scary world out there, but it's amazing how much you can put the entire universe in order just by cleaning
1: your bedroom, right? Like it does. It sounds work, crazy, doesn't it? it? But it works. This yeah. shit really works, and it did blow my mind that it could actually change the flow of your life and your field by tending to those things. Think global act local. <laughs> now you had an interesting experience though when you did Marie Kondo your life because people couldn't take your stuff because so many people had Marie Kondoed well, it's like that thing, like
0: I feel like over Christmas, New Year,
1: Let's everybody... Let's not blame Marie, by yeah, the way. Let, She's no, doing no. a great job trying so, to help order and give <laughs> this energy to people in their life.
0: Absolutely, and full respect. But I feel like there's two parts to the equation. So there's the part where people, and this is something I noticed, I, I travel constantly. And so I was in Sydney over Christmas, New Year, and everybody had watched the Marie Kondo on Netflix. Everybody had cleaned out their house to the point where charity shops and op shops... Aren't taking donations anymore. There's like so much stuff. Which is
1: profound, really. And we
0: are just awash in stuff. And as somebody who doesn't own anything, because I only own a suitcase, not getting stuff is so difficult. Like there's stuff everywhere, right? And so I feel like there's Marie condoing your apartment is amazing, but there's another side to it. You've got to Marie condo your consumption as well. So it's not just ordering your house and having to clean it out every year. It's then respecting your energy, respecting your space and not bringing extra stuff in. And if we're talking physically, we're talking buying less, having Mm. less, needing less. And if we're talking energetically, clearing out your emotions and not bringing in trauma, keeping a clear mind, keeping a present heart is the other half of
1: that equation. And I went through this when I turned 40 um that gives away my age but 14 sorry uh, 40 <laughs> you know you heard it right 40 i'm proud of that it's a badge that i've earned um but uh, i did not want any more schmeg for my birthday i'd much rather have a dinner or an experience or time with people i love i just didn't need any more stuff and it was because i would be given stuff and i think my God, I don't have any more benches to put it. And also when you have little kids, they just, you know, destroy everything. So it really bought into an alignment of what was really important to me. And I think this is what this is about is organizing life. So what is right for you and feels good, sparks joy, lights you up and is truthfully in your resonance can stay. And that also goes around organising your time and your energy so you can direct those things in a powerful way. What it's about is that energy just isn't going everywhere. It's not priorities. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's it's more thought out. It's mindful so that your life is about your choices. And it brings us back to intention. What do you want for your life? And
0: what will you prioritise in order to get it? And energy goes
1: where attention
0: Lynette, it's been such a pleasure talking about all of this with you.
1: Grounding, support and protection is a fantastic way to get a hold of your energy.
0: And, again, these really practical things you can do in your own life starting today to feel better and to and feel to more manage connected.
1: things, to feel like you're in more management.
0: Yeah. For more information and to get a couple of really awesome tools and techniques, check out our bonus section, the Universal Treasure Chest, where we're going to teach you how to do the Golden Dome meditation. Um, and we really look forward to talking to you in the Woo Woo next time. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo-Wooverse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you, or if there's any extra work you've realized you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the woo Verse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.